Good morning, middle. Good morning, family. My name is Monique Fortuné. I am the ministry specialist for congregational life here. Come, let's take a nice deep breath in and let's let it out. Let's take another centering breath in and out. Announcements for you today. Tonight, tonight at 5 p.m., Reverend Jackie is excited to hold her middle member mingles. If you have joined the church since 2020 and you want to join Reverend Ben and Reverend Jackie for a Zoom date where you'll get information about our programming, you'll hear more from other members, and you'll hear about the life of middle. So have some fun and join us online at 5 p.m. Second, we're excited to tell you about Saturday, July 23rd. We're going to the Rockaways. And if you haven't, yes, haven't RSVP'd to Elise as of yet, make sure that you do that by Thursday, July 21st. And we'll know to expect you. And on that note, for our online family, hi, online family, you can join Reverend Jackie and Delise for a virtual beach day on Wednesday, July 27th. And details are on our website, www.middlechurch.org. So now, I'm excited to tell you about Freedom School, yay, yay, calling all youth, all youth, grades 6 through 12, join us for Freedom School. And the focus will be how to be anti-racist with fierce love. The youth focus will be August 8th through the 12th. I'm pleased to tell you that I am the lead teacher. I'm glad that Middle has trusted me with that. I also want to make sure that we shout out Jasmine Logan, Jazz as we affectionately know her. Our summer intern will also be working with us, so shout out to her. And there'll be exciting field trips and a financial literacy program, a digital ministry workshop, and make sure that you register on the website. Elise will be joining the team as well. So now, now, let us center in this time and in this place, come, let us worship. Good morning, middle. We're gonna invite you to stand as you're able to join us on the opening hymn. Bless the Lord with me. Bless the Lord with me. 
Good morning, everyone. Good morning. I'm Dr. Karen Blacks, and I am the new Minister for Operations and Executive Management here at Middle Church. Today, I'm happy to bring you the message for all ages. Wow, when I think about it. I'm the new minister, new to Middle Church, a new job, a new community. This newness is quite exciting. It's like a happy adventure, but honestly, it makes me feel a little shy. It also makes me feel a little nervous like I am now. Has it ever happened to you? Have you ever been the new person in a new place? <laughs> Raise your hand if you've been a new person in school or maybe you were new in your neighborhood, new on your job like me, or new in your church. <sighs> this newness can be quite daunting for me. Did you feel alone? When I feel alone, I try to tell myself that everything that I need is here. Love is here. I close my eyes, even if just for a moment, and I say, I have everything that I need because God is love and love is here. So can we do that together? Close your eyes and take a deep breath in and breathe out and say, I have everything I need because God is love and love is here. Now let's pray it. God, thank you. You are love. And you, are here. and you are here. And I'll say it. God, thank you. You are love and you are here. And you are here and you are here. Amen. Amen. And now let's sing together. Good morning, Middle Church. Just see the view from here, man. It's great. Uh, we come to the time in our worship service where we come to God in prayer with our cares, our concerns, our celebrations. And today I'd like to invite Deborah, who's going to sing, sing the prayer for us. Witness to thy grace. 
Thank you, Deborah. Thank you. At this time, I'd like to invite you to, if, you, if you're able to stand for the Lord's Prayer, there's a version in your bulletin, or you can use whatever version you know. Ever-loving and holy God, hallowed be thy name, thy reign come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the reign, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. My friends, at this time I'd like to invite you to pass the peace of Christ to your neighbor, your friends. But we're trying to suggest that you not touch anybody because of the numbers being up. We're trying to keep you all safe. So if you want to, you know, if you want to bow or, I don't know, elbow pump, whatever. But the peace of God be with you. Thank you.
one day when the glory comes it will be us it will be us one day when the war is won we will be sure we will be sure oh glory Let me hear you say glory, glory. 
Good morning, middle. Our scripture today comes from Colossians chapter 1, verses 24 through 28. It reads as such. I am now rejoicing in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am completing what is lacking in Christ's affliction for the sake of his body, that is, the church. I became its servant according to God's commission that was given to me for you, to make the word of God fully known, the mystery that has been hidden throughout the ages and generations but has now been revealed to his saints. To them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of the glory. It is he whom we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone in all wisdom so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. The written word of God for the people of God, read for the edification of all who hear. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Melt me, mold me, fill me, use me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. O oh God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Okay, so <laughs> some real talk. Colossians is one of those books in which I tend to steer clear. This book of the Bible falls into what's known as Deuteropaul, which is a text that is attributed to Paul, but scholars do not think was actually written by him. Perhaps the ancient author wanted the audience to think it was written by Paul, or perhaps it was someone who was in the Pauline school. Whoever this author was, they were pretty anti-women. Some of those really gross Greco-Roman household codes and behavior, yeah, this author just shellacked those right onto the assembly of Christ. As scholar Mary Rose D'Angelo put it, Colossians is a step toward a Christianity that became increasingly restrictive and even abusive for women, children, and slaves. The authority of the household codes long endorsed slavery and battery, and Colossians theology helped to Christianize social patterns of domination and subordination. So yeah, wow. Now, at this point, a lot of you may be scratching your heads, maybe even a couple comments in the chat about how I usually preach from the extra canonical text. Why you may be asking yourself if she does not like this book so much, is she preaching from it well? Though I don't align theologically with the general goal of this book, though I think it's hella problematic and is the root of some of the major issues we have now in Christianity, I do think that we are meaning makers. I take seriously God's call for us to be co-creators. Middle's theme this year is reclaim and reframe, repair and rebuild. And I want us to reclaim and reframe what's been hijacked by bad theology. I want us to rebuild in the world and repair in ourselves so that we may breathe in a new life-giving spirit into it. In order to do that, family, we must be familiar with this text. We must know and read the context Know that what should have survived a thousands of years of orthodoxy and praxy and what should, you know, be read for historical context and maybe left in the ancient history, which for me is most of it. But it's important to know where we ran off the tracks, where the story got distorted, where the teachings were manipulated. And as one can see from a reading of this ancient text, those misunderstandings and shiftings of teachings were happening even as early as biblical times. Even then, 
Everyone wasn't on the same page. If we are going to take seriously the work of rebuilding and repairing, of reclaiming and reframing, we've got to know from whence we came and how we got to where we are. And, beloved, even a stopped clock is right twice a day. Because hidden away within some of this questionable theological argument are some gems. Which is funny because the author's argument rests in the contrast of hidden and revealed all throughout this text. When we read through the, the muddy bits of what's been put upon this text, when we attempt to understand the author, their context, and their goals, universal truths emerge. Scholars tell us there were competing theological sects that had taken root in Colossae, some steeped in mystery, some purported multiple steps between the people and God in order to get to salvation. Our perfectly human, flawed, ancient author portrays a worldwide message, even though the world they're talking about is a bunch of different cultures meshed under Roman Empire. The writer paints all these cultures as way more spiritually united than they ever could be through Roman conquest. They're trying to wipe away exclusion and an elitist system of special knowledge. And the empath in me resonates with that. I mean, me and this author, we definitely have different ways of getting there, but I can understand wanting to get rid of systems of belief that exclude people. This author is trying to talk to those people. Last week, I took my niece Eliana to Six Flags Fiesta in Antonio, in San Antonio. Um, we went early, but by midday, it was over 100 degrees. My little social butterfly had made friends with a couple kids uh, by then, and we all made our way over to the water park area. After the lazy river and a couple of very high slides, we went over to the wave pool. Now, no sooner had I turned my back to put down our belongings than the children were gone, swiftly disappearing into the crowded pool. I stood there with the grandmother of the um, other two children, both of us searching in vain this Where's Waldo wave pool live action picture. Now, she had successfully kept up with the three kids on the lazy river while I had gotten stuck behind a cluster of tubes. So after a few minutes of futile searching from the shore, I volunteered to go in after them. <laughs> Well, this is literally impossible, I thought to myself. Now, Ellie is an excellent swimmer, thanks to some lessons from her grandparents, so I wasn't worried for her. But in a wave pool in San Antonio, Texas, where most of the people in the water were black or brown or tan, my little biracial niece didn't stand out like she might have at the wave pool back home at Indiana Beach. But as I waded deeper, suddenly she was right in front of me, right in front of my sight, coming up from the water. What had been a mystery on the shore was literally right in front of me. What was hidden was revealed. I didn't find her, she was revealed to me. Recently, I re-encountered an extra-canonical text called The Secret Revelation of John through a scholar and colleague, Shirley Paulson's new book, Illuminating the Secret Revelation of John. I've been, like I imagine a lot of you, struggling with hope on the other side of some pretty awful blows to bodily autonomy, to our rights, to protecting us from guns, and feeling like the end is not even yet near. I have struggled. But this text, The Secret Revelation of John, it gave me hope. It reintroduced me to my hope. The hope that, as the Colossians text tells us, lives within me that only needed to be revealed, the hope of the glory that is to come. This ancient text, the secret revelation of John, uses myth to purport that evil's root is evil. It will never be good. And since evil is inherently destructive, it will inevitably destroy itself. It cannot win. Hallelujah, thanks be to God. As Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. once said, the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. Consider then with me that there are other arcs too. The arc of kindness, the arc of goodness, the arc of peace, the arc of love. Later in this Colossians text, it reads, as the chosen of God, holy and beloved, Put on compassion, goodness, humility, gentleness, and patience. 
bearing up one another, and if there are complaints, forgiving each other. As the Lord forgave, so also should you. Above all, add to these things love, which is the bond of maturity. Let the peace of Christ settle in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. As a process theologian, I believe in a God that changes its mind, that there are always, <clears throat> that there are always in every moment, even the molecular level, infinite options, possibilities, choices available to us. Hold this theology of the arc of the moral universe with me, with this um, process theology. And that means each decision adjusts what's available so that we are always moving toward the good. Even when evil makes a play, the ark adjusts. Even when evil is in hot pursuit of the good, the ark adjusts. Even when we seem to be surrounded by evil, there are infinite possibilities just waiting to be revealed by our creative minds. Some of these possibilities hold within them the, the path toward glory. We must then hold as our ancient author names the hope of the glory that is already inside us. It is a great mystery to be able to hold this kind of hope in times like these, but I know it is within you just as it is, as it is in, in me. The hope of the glory, it is in this hope that we move, stretch, pull, drag, inch along the arc toward the good, toward the justice, toward the love. And when we proclaim this hope, when we share this wisdom, we present as mature, as wise in Christ, clear on the objectives he laid out in his ministry, putting on love, which is the bond of maturity. Reveal that hope that is the glory within you to others. Only by doing this will one day the glory come. And when it comes, it will be ours, beloved. It will be ours. In Jesus' name, amen. family. Jackie here. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And I'm here to invite you to join this movement. No matter where you are in the city, in the tri-state area, in the nation, or around the globe, if you're here today, you're here because you know you can find us in the digital spaces on our website, on YouTube, on our Facebook page. And we're so glad you're here. If you're listening to me in the sanctuary today, you've traveled in the heat <laughs> to get to Eastern Temple and to wear your mask, and we are so glad you're here. Middle Church is more than a church. It is a movement of love and justice. You're welcome here no matter your faith, no matter what you believe about God or how you think or talk about God. We ask you to be a part of us because you believe in love, love as a public ethic, love as a way to guide our lives, love that propels us into the world to heal it, love that curates kindness, love that understands that we are inextricably connected one to the other in the spirit of Ubuntu. I am human because you are human. This love guides our ministry in the world and it requires all of us to get up in it. So how, how do we get in this movement? If you go to our homepage and you click join, it will take you to a place where you can become a member of Middle Church. That's step one. And step two, we invite you to come to a gathering with other folks who are curious about Middle and we teach about our theology, our work ethic, our love ethic, if you will, and all the different ways you can participate in small groups and in justice groups. We'd love to have you do that. Secondly, another way to, to be in this movement is to fund this movement. We just began our new fiscal year, July 1, and so we are now uh, into a program season of the Middle Rising One Fund. What does that mean? That means that any donation that you make to Middle Church right now 
uh, is part of a three-year budget. Yes, a three-year budget. That's ambitious, but it's true that both does programming and staff and also sets up the fund for the building that we're going to raise. We will not put shovel in the ground for that building uh, for at least a year, but we'll be talking to architects. We'll be making plans. We'll be thinking about the future. We'll be partnering with people in the neighborhood and looking for people who share our values and can help us do this work. All of that requires staff time, which requires fundraising, and we hope that you will consider being a stakeholder in this movement. We'll be having a congregational meeting in September. Stay tuned for the date, and we're going to invite you to come and listen and hear and share. And we will share back with you what it means to be in this movement called Middle Church. Thank you so much.
God of breath. With inhales and exhales. We thank you for the gift of breath, the ability to breathe in your goodness, love, compassion, and to exhale justice, compassion, and love. Bless these gifts and continue to breathe new life, justice, love, and compassion into us and hope and throughout the rest of the world. Amen. Amen. Join us in singing our next hymn. Natalie, thank you so much for that beautiful sermon. And thank you, Middle Family, for being in worship with us today. We're so delighted to have you. One day, when the glory comes, it will be ours. One day, we will have fulfilled God's intention for the world. It will be healed and overflowing with peace and love and justice. And we, we might just dance and shout all over the place because we've done it with the Holy One together. So now, go in the world as agents of peace, as instruments of love, as waymakers, as repairers of what's broken. And may the peace of God be with you always. Amen.